Hey everyone, this is Danielle Artis, better known to you as Sheila White. And this year for Christmas, I'm getting my boyfriend, Paul Kinsey, a $20 gift certificate to the food fair. Oh, he's going to love that. <laughs> I mean, that guy really likes to eat. And you can get a lot of food for $20. Also, I'm having someone paint a portrait of me so he can hang on his wall at his office. I know he's already got that picture of me on his desk, which is so sweet. And I love that picture. But this way, when anyone walks in, you know, like <clears throat> Joan, they can all be reminded of how open, loving and accepting my baby really is. I hope Santa brings you the desires of your heart. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. term coined in the late 1950s to describe the advertising executives of Madison Avenue. They coined it. Where are we? We had an interesting idea. Welcome to They Coined It. You know, I've been following, um, I've been following these guys for a while and they're on Instagram and they're on Twitter, but Mad Men quotes at Mad Men QTS, uh, they're on fire. Yes. They've been on fire. Here's one from, from an hour ago. Duck, this is all a big joke to you. The Russians are still our enemy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so this hour ago, we're recording on uh, the 19th. These two Jews are here mm -hmm. to say happy Erev Christmas. That's right. And uh, Dan, what do you, what is, do you have any, do you do Christmas? Well, What's your deal? Typically Christmas, and then well, this year. We, um, we're very traditional Jews. Um, Chinese? Movies followed by Chinese food. Right. Um, that was a family thing. Um, we don't get together with family, but there's friends here. We'll, we'll do that with, but you know what? And this is, I don't know what, what just over the years. And this is just old man, old man, Dan talking. Um, it's, it's the, the experience of going to a restaurant on Christmas mm. is really rough. It's, it's like every Chinese restaurant forgets. That they're going to be inundated with hungry Jews at like four thirty, five o'clock on Christmas, and it's 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 like packed and takes forever. Like normally, quality of service at a Chinese restaurant on three hundred sixty four days a year is like it's fantastic, better than anything, right? Yeah. But they just they they shit the bed on Christmas, so I don't know. It's just it's, so anyway. The last couple of years with our friends, we've been just ordering in. And that's been fine, too, because the kids all get along and we have a whole family thing. Are you potting with them or are, are you just not doing that with them this year? Oh, we won't do it this yeah. year, no. Yep. We're not. Yep. I mean, we're friends, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, There's no uh, potting I, going on. I don't, have, uh, I don't have one solid Christmas tradition. My sister always does something Christmas Eve and often I go over there. She used to she used to have an annual what she called her widows, orphans, and Jews. She may still call it that Christmas Eve uh, movie night thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't do it consistently. Some years I go to my piano bar if it falls on a night when like my my better friend is playing, and then sometimes the ne on Christmas Day we do Chinese with my parents. But we have found the same thing. It's become mm -hmm. it's become untenable. It's, it's not fun. It, it is. It is. I don't know. And I don't know what the hell. I don't know why it used to be okay. And now it's not okay. More Jews. I doubt I it. I doubt but it. Like, yeah. 
it's it just it does seem to be um yeah unmanageable it's typically a cold day to be outside waiting <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I, there have been events of us being outside waiting for a really long time to get into the restaurant where we either tried to make reservations and they and they yeah. screwed it up or they don't take reservations, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah we've gone into Chinatown in, in New York or we've done some, you know, we've gone up to Fort Lee, New Jersey, where there's some fantastic Chinese. Is it is it the same thing in New York City? Yeah. You think Chinatown, New York City, maybe just a little more. We haven't done it for a few years. Yeah. I would say the last over the last 10 years, it's like steadily become more and more of a shit show. We're going to call this episode Two Jews Complaining? Two Jews Bitching About Christmas. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, one of the beautiful things about Chinese food in Chinatown is, to your point, the the service is great and it's fast. And the only thing is if you've never done it, you have to, you have to expect the food comes when it's ready. Oh, yeah. It's like, it isn't, it does not all come at once. It's just like, here's a plate of this. Here's two plates of this. You might be starving if you, I mean. It's not the price fix at the fancy place. Yeah, no. And it's, and it's, you know, mostly we're all eating, you know, family style. Everything's for everybody. But sometimes, you know, you're that person who only wants that one thing or can't eat the six (laughs) things that came out. And it's, you know, and and that all gets worse on Christmas. Right. That's right. Um, So this year, so my sister... Uh, she and her spouse and her daughter and her daughter's girlfriend are going to be doing a Christmas Eve thing. Now, I my neighborhood is one where there's been plenty of this expanded outdoor dining. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been out in a while as things have gotten worse and things have gotten colder. But mostly as things have gotten worse, we haven't been getting together even in those outdoor settings. Right. I'm invited over there. I've not been in their apartment they live a block away from me. I've not been in their apartment since this since before March. Mm. So I I think I'm gonna go over for 15 minutes, keep my mask on, um, right. say hello, and then get the fuck out. Like I'm not keep it quick. I'm not yeah. feeling uh, like why? No. Like just get that vaccine in my arm, right? And until then, I'm gonna just you know hallmark. Look, the vice president took it, so it's got to be safe. Oh, uh, he makes me feel so I good. Trust what he was the head of the task force. So listen, I, whatever he says, I I go by. <laughs> this is Hildy, aka Julie McNiven, and this year, Christmas of 1963, I got Pete, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Campbell. Well, okay, so I found this Rolex box in a bunch of my dad's stuff, and I thought it would be really funny to wrap it up and give to Pete, but instead of a Rolex inside, I'm going to put a little rock of coal. (laughs) After he opens it, he'll sneak away to his office and he'll hide there all day long, acting all sulky, trying to figure out who thinks he's a naughty boy. (laughs) I mean, when he finds out it was me who gave it to him... He'll probably get really mad and yell at me, but it'll totally be worth it. Unless he fires me. Oh, gosh. Viewer mail. We're going to talk about- We're going to do viewer mail. Viewer mail. We don't even have any viewers, but we have mail from those viewers. Exactly. Listener mail. Listener mail. It's listener mail. It's, listener, a, it's um, listener communication, but it's viewer mail. Roberta, what do we need? What am I in charge your, of? Your friend- has been gracious enough to supply us with original music. Adam Michael Tilford, who's the same friend I was talking about, the piano player. If it was his night, that was Christmas oh. Eve or Christmas night, okay. I would go that to Marie's and hang out. Inadvertent delusion. 
Right. That, um, what but you, anyway, tell him without, to do what <laughs> without taking advantage of his of his graciousness. We need a viewer mail ditty. We need a little intro music for viewer mail. All right. Well, podcaster mail coiners listener mail. If you've already heard music, as soon as Dan said viewer mail, then it means Adam did it. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. See. This I've isn't got a, a few, plea. This I've isn't a, like a passive aggressive plea. No, I've, it could happen. I can make All things right. happen. So the first one I want to give a shout out to is the one I can't do. Our patrons over at Patreon, where you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash theycoinditpod, in case you haven't heard. A little bit of extra content over there for you. One of our patrons, Annie Yano, has an incredible comment, question, perspective about six-month leave. So um, Annie, hang out. We'll get to it when we cover six-month leave, which is coming up soon. So that's our first viewer mail. Woo, we didn't, uh, nothing. Hello, I am Lisa M. Lilly, huge Mad Men fan and host of the podcast, Buffy and the Art of Story. My favorite Mad Men character is Peggy, and I am so excited to be her secret Santa this year. Because Peggy spends so much time in the office, I got her an elegant Mother of Pearl compact and mini vanity case slash purse. It is five and a half inches by three inches by three quarter inches thick. I found it on eBay. It's from the 1960s. And the outside is a rare vintage Mother of Pearl checkerboard. The inside has a money holder, a mirror, a lipstick holder, a powder case, a comb, and a small pouch for anything else she needs. And I think this will be great for Peggy when she works late or when she goes out straight from the office. Right now on eBay, it sells for $59.99. I have no idea what that would be in early 1960s, but hopefully it would fall in the range for a secret Santa. And happy holidays to Roberta and Dan and to all the They Coined It listeners. What do you got, Dan? On Twitter, listener Brian Rowland, at Brian Rowland. I think he's picking up on um, that little exchange you and I had about Joan looking over a sleeping, possibly blacked out, drunk Sally. On, uh, now which episode? Oh, Three Sundays. Yeah. When they're at the office and Don has to schlep her along. His comment is, still think Joan is referring to Sally here, not Peggy, which is my contention. Right. Has M.W. Matthew Weiner ever alluded to the fact that it might be Peggy? Genuinely curious. Not to my knowledge. I don't have any recollection of this topic being brought up to Matt. Uh, yeah. So the Peggy thing is, is that's your deduction. Yeah. Uh, go back and watch it again and tell me what you think. I mean, I have. I still think it's Sally. I have and I, st- I still think it's Peggy. No, the Peggy thing is interesting, but I just think there's no evidence for it. That's that's my take. There's no evidence for that. It's Sally. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a psych out. She's standing over Sally when she says it and looking down. I at think her. it's a psych out. I think it's a Matt it Weiner. No, no, psych I think out. that's interesting to consider. But, <clears throat> you know, in terms of evidence. They're in a 
private room where they can talk about Peggy. If it's about Sally, it's sarcastic. Yes. So you, you're saying there's no evidence for that the sarcasm isn't literal. Okay, maybe there's no evidence for that, but that's sarcasm that you're trying to prove by a lack of evidence that it's the real thing. It makes no sense to me. Right, my head hurts. I know. Mine too. You know what I realized while you were talking? What, Dan? <laughs> is we this whole the whole series in this office at Sterling Cooper, we do not see where Joan sits. Her desk or her office, we see none of it. We never see her working at a desk or a workstation. Which sort of goes back to what my sister, I think, brought up back in the season one wrap-up discussion with mm -hmm. Matt Zoller Seitz and Deborah and the two of us, uh, which is that Joan, interesting and powerful as she is, she's often a device to serve the storyline and to serve what's happening. Right. And yeah. um, and her 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 lack of having her own location really supports that. Like she really right. is just for everyone else. Yeah, she's a free safety. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. But I didn't, I didn't realize that. All righty. All right, Brian, we've helped you not at all. Yeah. No, we, I think it question. got worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so send us a response to that in ways that we can make it better, but we can't. We can't. We can't fix this. Hello, my name is Stephanie Courtney, and I played Marge, the switchboard operator on Mad Men. And uh, my secret Santa gift is for Joan Holloway. And my gift for her would be a PhD in marketing so that all those little misogynists in middle management and upper management would have to call her doctor for the rest of their tipsy, drunk lives. All right. Happy holidays. On Instagram, James Robert Gibson III. First of all, I just want to say that James has given me a lot of audio advice and you guys have been so patient. We are literally, we're still working on things, but we are finally really just in these last couple episodes, uh, nailing down the sound where we want it. So thank you listeners. And thank you, James, for, for helping out. So he sent me a note. When you and Dan were talking about Don's motivations for going to Peggy in the hospital, they are two sides of the same coin. This is what I love in this. They both, at some point, wanted things they'd never seen. The difference is Don is running from shame and hides, while Peggy is running against societal current and, aside from the dalliance with Pete and the baby, doesn't hide and is fiercely defiant about what she wants. James would have been great when we had our blog because, yeah, right? we, you know, those were the kinds of this this was why our blog was successful and wonderful. That's how Dan became one of our writers, because we would take somebody like James and be like, hey, would you want to write for us? You know, <laughs> um, because everybody was uh, so, so thoughtful and 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 we're appreciating that now. Um, it's yeah. just we're not getting as much of it just because of the nature of that. This is a podcast. But thank you all for contributing in your listening, we get to we get to do what we get to do. No, the interactions are great. The the questions are great, and this is really really rich stuff. Wanting things you've never seen, that's very very plausible. I don't know if I've ever applied that to Don. No, I think that's a new insight. Well, it's a dimension of the fact that we know that they're linked. They're always linked. I mean, we, we that's consciously been discussed. Um, but so this is a dimension of that. 
yeah. where where they're linked not just because of talent, not just because of and we can this can be a little spoilery. I don't know, you know <clears throat> excuse me. Here, just check out for a few seconds. Just just go la la la. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we get to a point you'll remember where Peggy's not gonna join the new firm and Don has to go to her and talk about how alike they are. Right. Their understanding of consumers, their understanding of ambition and aspiration, and that he and Peggy share a certain sensibility about that. That you know, so that's very explicit. It's it's not even a full step, I don't think, to the to the point that our listener is making about wanting things you've never seen, because it has to do with ambition. The point of that speech to Peggy at that time was to remind Peggy of her ambition and that they fulfill that together. So the last question. <laughs> I forgot how to speak. The last question that James also asked separately was, um, is there any indication at all that you and Dan's schedule will allow the series to continue when things start to return to a more normal place? Our answer is we never, this was, we're all in this, this, uh, we are working, (laughs) we're working our asses off on getting uh, more efficient at this so that it takes less and less of our time. We're seeing this through. We got seven seasons. Roberta's going to replace me with Ryan Seacrest. But other than that, <laughs> I think you'll have more that episodes. Would be awful. God help me. I mean, you know, it may get to a point where we have guest co-hosts if we need to, I don't know, take a vacation where we leave the house. That could be. We could do that. <laughs> like Anything Dream is possible. On. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we, we committed. We're a committee. That's a Buffy reference. We're very committed. We're a committee. Um, no, we're all in. We're not going anywhere. We, uh, we intend to honestly keep, keep going, keep expanding, keep bringing in guests, keep doing what we do, keep serving the community. All right. We're here to serve. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so listen, next week is New Year's Eve and we have for you, um, an old fashioned, uh, countdown. Countdown. More about that when we get there. In the meantime, have a great, uh, Christmas. All right, listen. Everybody, thank you for listening. Keep it coming, keep listening, and thank you so much. Have a great holiday. Hello, this is Mark Moses. I play Duck Phillips on Mad Men, and I want to wish everyone happy holidays. And during one of the holiday seasons, I was Secret Santa, and the person I chose was Bertram Cooper. Who's a hard man to buy for because uh, Bert has everything in the world, you know, he owns Sterling Cooper. But I did, you know, notice in his office that Bertram really loves Japanese art. And he specifically loves Japanese art of a pornographic nature. And so I journeyed down to the West Village from my Upper East Side apartment looking for this type of art. In in his office, if you notice, there's a picture of an octopus and a woman. Um, I don't want to go into details, but I searched far and wide throughout the West Village, and uh, in that bohemian artist area, I couldn't find anything that I thought Bert would like. And so, instead of getting him Japanese art, I decided to purchase him an original Broadway recording of how to succeed in business without really trying. It had just come out recently, and so I purchased the album, and he opened it and, and said he'd, he'd seen the show and really liked it, but he didn't care for the lead character. Uh, actually, he didn't care for the actor 
who played the lead character named Robert Morse. Uh, so it was a somewhat successful Secret Santa gift, but not totally. Anyway, happy holidays to all. Uh, wishing you the best and a happy, wonderful 2021. Let's all look forward to that. Cheers. Bye. If you're enjoying our show, please give us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and share the show on social media. And if you're able to support us, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash they coined it. We've got some extra content there for you. We love hearing from our listeners. You can send your thoughts or questions to questions at tcimadmenpod.com or check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at tcimadmenpod. We're just at the beginning. We can't wait to discuss more Mad Men with you and continue bringing in special guests. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next episode.